This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. And welcome back. Some sort of the Clear Jets podcast where it was Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. Michael, I don't have a whole spiel prepared to, to break down what we just witnessed, but I'll just I'll just ask you how you're feeling. We're recording this one late. You're, you're a soldier, Michael. You, you got up at like, what, four in the morning, flew into to Newark, made it to the game, watched that meltdown. <laughs> then like, I don't even know what it was like getting out of the stadium to make it back to your flight. You flew home. We're sitting here at 1030 on a Sunday night. It's been a while since we've had a losing postgame pod, so I'm not really used to this. But uh, let's just let's just hop right into it. What were your uh, initial thoughts from today? Yeah, it was a journey for me today. I was all hyped up. You know, I mean, like we said on the previous podcast, the, this week didn't start too great with all the injuries and everything. So I was kind of down. I was like, I don't think I want to come up for this game. Then they trade for Robinson and then. It just kind of settled in. Settles <laughs> and it's, in and it's five-yard run. Yeah, and then it kind of settles in like, oh, wait, we're five and two playing the Patriots and all the hype. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going up for this game. So, like you said, I got up, I think, 3.30 in the morning and got oh. on my early flight from Charlotte to Newark, came into the game, was having some fun in the parking lot before the game, got in super early, just like Sala wanted, uh, probably earlier than he intended, but I was in there at like 11. <laughs> So, which is great. I recommend that to everyone. You just get to, there's no line getting in with the tickets. You can go to the bathroom. You get, can get your food. Just no one's in your way. You can do whatever you want. Highly recommend. Uh, but yeah, I was feeling it. And the game got off to a good start. You know, 10-3. They even had the halftime lead after a lot of stuff that happened, which we'll get into. Yeah. <laughs> um, but ultimately didn't pan out the way we wanted, to say the least. And so... Hopped right out of there, back to the airport, and back home to NC. And here we are at five and three, still in the fifth seed. Let's just say that. Hashtag rationalization. Yeah, there, <laughs> there won't be too much glass half full takes on this podcast. I mean, I, I say that, and I know we'll have the, okay, but they're five and three. We would have taken four and five going into the bye and all that stuff. And yeah, we'll we'll cope with that towards the end of the podcast. But there's certainly a lot to go over today that's not going to be too positive and that we shouldn't gloss over and try to be homers and that all starts with zach um so we'll just hop into that i'm sure some other stuff will will come up from from our, our days at metlife i was at the game too as well um and of course i had to sit in the one part of the stadium that had a bunch of pats fans around me and i saw next to you there's like a whole empty section to your right i know i almost went up there because there was this one dude behind me i i yeah there's one dude behind me who is just so obnoxious and 
It's like I've been to four Jets-Pats games, man, and they're just the worst. I don't think – I mean, I I keep going because I want that day, and I thought it was going to be today where they beat the shit out of them, and I get to watch all those obnoxious Pats fans head for this, the exits in the middle of the fourth quarter. Um, and I thought it was going to be today. It certainly – there was plenty of bright spots from today, and it did kind of seem, especially for most of the first half, it seems like it was trending that way. And then, yeah, the – it it turned it turned on the Zach interception and then the bullshit roughing the passer that took away 17 to three lead at half and they didn't really fully recover I mean credit to the defense for the way they played today and there are a few guys on offense who we'll talk about but this game really comes down to Zach and some bullshit penalties but mostly Zach you can't blame the refs for everything um but credit to all the Jets fans that made it out today because I will say this was probably the best atmosphere I've, I've been at at a Jets game I mean I know that that whole roughing the passer thing sucked the life out of the stadium but the first half and how loud people were getting it was the first time I've ever been at MetLife and it felt loud like it felt like 90% Jets fans it felt like people were getting on their feet and they were you know screaming on third downs and so that was cool to be a part of uh, I saw your tweet if we're really going to break down the important stuff they they got to figure out what they're doing with the Jets champ because fireman yes. is way too he's slow in the draw he's, he's he needs he needs to retire or something or speed it up he's going he's like way out of sync they also did the the Sorry, we're, we're really breaking down the important stuff early in this pod. For anybody that was at the game, they saw it, they were doing like the let's go Jets thing. And look, I'm not a baseball guy, so I imagine it was probably this to the same beat as like the Mets thing. But did you know, they would they were like so off rhythm with it. It'd be like, yeah. let's go. That Jets. shouldn't even be a thing, first yes. of all. When they were doing it, it was like just altering they, and pace so much. Yeah, they would do it. They go like, let's go Jets, let's go Jets, and be like, let's go. I, I, I imagine nobody was, was saying that around yeah. I, it, <laughs> and then fireman ed is like so i think the usual pace this is probably the usual pace goes kind of like this j e t like that's kind of the usual pace right, right? about that and this yeah. is the speed that he's doing he's like j e that's like the pace he's doing it's it. throwing everything off it throws everything off all right so, i think we can i think we wrap up the pod there that pretty much covers yeah, everything that's pretty much it all right let's talk about zach yeah. um man i mean Definitely some good at the start of the game, but a lot of bad and cost him this game. I mean, let's just be honest about it. He's not seeing the field well. He has very little situational awareness. He does not know when to let a play die or not even that, just to take off. I mean, there was one really blatant third and five where he all he had to do is run for the first down. And it's like, we know Zach's athletic. We see him make defenders look silly behind the line of scrimmage. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if the preseason injury scarred him. I don't know if he's just trying to be Aaron Rodgers. But the fact that this guy will not take the open space and run time after time just to dance around and, and throw it away or throw an interception, it's infuriating. It's I get the thing when you when you break the pocket, you want to look to throw it downfield. But it's like, buddy, you're passing up on five yards every play. And not to mention, uh, you know, maybe more. Like we saw his touch on he had against the Jags last year. Pat's defense struggled with mobile quarterbacks this entire season. And this man refused to take off when he had plenty of times where he could have. And that's not even the top of, of things to complain about with this game. And everybody who listens to this podcast knows, look, we're about as optimistic as it gets with this team and about as soft on Zach as you can get, or at least I have been. But this game was was brutal, and it'll stick in the mind minds of a lot of Jets fans. Like, I, I don't think you can say one way or another if Zach is the guy or not. I think all those takes are a little hyperbolic. But it certainly became more of a uphill battle after this game. I said it in this one. You know, if Zach can have a good game and they beat the Patriots, it'll do a lot for my belief in, in him as a franchise quarterback. 
And while this game wasn't seeing ghost level bad, I mean, I know he for all the box score, nut huggers and fantasy guys. I mean, he put up over 300 yards and had two touchdowns. So from that perspective, you're like, all right, progress. He threw the ball, he aired it out. But if you watch the game, it just wasn't the first half for the most part was good. He threw that interception uh, in the two minute drill. And, you know, it's like that switch, like that switch went off. His confidence was lost. He was timid, but it was a weird balance of being timid and then being like, fuck it. And just lofting it into triple coverage or, you know, he still made plenty of, of good plays, but there's far too many horrific plays and there's far too many times where he's running around and it's, it's just chaos and you're holding your breath every time he has the ball in his hands. And he doesn't feel like an NFL quarterback at this point. No, I think that's fair to say. Can he develop into that? Sure. He, he certainly has the traits to do it. And this isn't a, they need to give up on Zach and, and play Mike white next week podcast, but this is a, look, Zach got to get this shit figured out or they might turn to somebody else this season. And, and that's not, look, if the jets were three and five or two and six, you would just say, look, just keep riding it out because he might get it together. You know, he might come back from the bye and put together a string of games. And then you could go into his third season saying, all right. And Hey, this is a guy who didn't break out until year three at BYU and whatever. But the way the jets defense is playing and the, the way, you know, their, their season has unfolded, they have a legitimate shot to compete this year. And you can't just sit around and, and wait for this guy to, to throw games away. They, they've won the last two, two games in spite of him. And this game, he cost him. And the funny thing is, is if honestly, if he had played like he had the last two games where he'd be kind of critical, they might've won this game. If you think about the amount of points, the Pats got off turnovers. So there's a lot to break down with Zach, but you know, I've, I've said enough at the start of this, Michael, let's just get your, your initial takeaways. I got, I got a few texts from you. And I think, I think one summed it up great. And I think maybe, maybe that's the title of this podcast, maybe not, but it's just good team, bad QB. So with that, Michael, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, I mean, there's not really a lot of positive ways to spin this one, and we're not going to try to. Um, I mean, to be fair, I think he started off really well. I, I think definitely that's worth it's it's worth saying. I think before he threw that first interception at the end of uh, the first half, I, I was really pleased with the way he was playing. I was. It was a very good start. I think he had, you know, he made some of those plays outside the pocket. He had the deep bomb to Garrett Wilson. Also, the free throw to Conklin. Beautiful. Going to his left. You know, the, it was a really nice start. And the but, touchdown throw to Conklin was money, too. Yeah, that was that was money. So, like, let's be honest. Great start. That shouldn't be forgotten in this story. But best at start the of same the time, yeah, it was definitely his best start of the season. But at the same time, when it was all said and done, those three picks were terrible, terrible interceptions, all three of them. And when it was all said and done, that's why he lost this game. You end up only losing by five. The Pats got, I think, six points off those turnovers, which is just a credit to the defense. It really should have been worse considering the, the situations they were put in off those interceptions. Um, and, and even the other one that didn't result in points, that one resulted in them being backed up and just going three and out and then putting them in position to score more points. So uh, those interceptions were terrible. And it's just the severity of the interceptions that makes it, a hard to stomach because you know there there are different degrees of interceptions there are balls that get tipped there are balls that are essentially punts kind of like the one i mean not that 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 was pretty but the mac jones one like that was essentially a punt for all did that purposes did that i think it did it? okay i think it did so you know you have ones like that and then you have ones where you're just 
heaving the ball up for no reason. Yeah. It can't get the ball. Like, you know, the first one, I honestly have to rewatch that because, again, I watched it live, so I didn't. I had a pretty good angle on it. The greatest replays or anything, but, you know, that one wasn't great. And then the next one after that, I didn't think it was actually an interception. I was no was surprised they didn't. It was, not a, it was not an interception, but he's had but, a few too many of those. He but regardless, to... I don't understand how he has so many of these plays where he just can't get the ball far enough out of bounds for it to not be played well, on. Wasn't there and, one just like that a couple of weeks ago against Pittsburgh? And I don't think it got called. Yeah, against Pittsburgh. Yeah, of, it was against Pittsburgh. Yeah, or just Lincoln. like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Or just get it further out of bounds than that. Is Throw it that it to hard? the fucking hot dog guy in the stands. I, and then I the third one was just trying to do too much. Just these, they were awful interceptions. And even outside of that, I know the final numbers are decent, you know, 355 yards, whatever. And like he's, like we said, he did start good. But in that second half, I think there were a lot more plays to be made that he wasn't making. He was very hesitant to take shots. Um, there were plays where he's protected well, but wouldn't get the ball out. There was the scramble play, like you said, where he easily could have taken off and run, but didn't. Um, so regardless of the hot start and the final numbers, this ultimately turned out to be a really bad game, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which is crazy to say, because like I said, that start was really impressive. It really was. But you just can't throw three interceptions, especially of that caliber. And I think in the second half, there were a lot of plays to be made. I don't think the offensive line was that bad in this game. And the, well, the skill okay, I don't players, know about that. I don't know about that. That That's my take. I'm going to stand by that. I mean, we'll he was to, okay, but Michael, he, was, he got pressured like 15 times today. I know I'm not, I'm not saying it's he on had over line, 40 dropbacks. That's not that bad. It's well, well less than half. The time. I don't mean to say anytime, but from my perspective, I saw Dwayne Brown get beat a lot. I saw way he get beat a lot. I mean, there were guys, I, I know what you're saying. It wasn't a horrific offensive line, but, Game. He it makes it like look it was a, a good line. Is. He consistently yes, makes it look worse I agree. Than I is. agree with that. Yes. Because, you know, if the ball's coming out when it should be, then that pressure never gets home anyway. I think there were a lot of instances of that. But I don't know. Ultimately, this is a game you lost because you're a quarterback. I think it's very easy to say that because outside of him, it's just hard to find things to complain about other than the special teams who, you know, they had a bad game. Man shanked a punt. Zerline missed a field goal. They give up a big punt return. So, very out of character game for the special team. So I, I would say that would be number two. But other than that, like the defense was holding up. Um, I guess the run game wasn't great, but you know, they kept they kept them ahead of the they didn't really get big plays. They, they got but, they got away from the run. Um was, but they got decent chunks to set them up with medium second downs and yeah, short third downs. I guess you could say that. Um the, the skill position weapons uh, or the pass catching weapons were fantastic. I mean, Garrett Wilson, that one catch he made in the second half on the out route, that was yeah. a very bad pass, but a great acrobatic catch to bail him out there. Conklin was great. I don't, game. I don't think that was that bad of a pass. You have to remember, you're watching it that, at that diagonal angle. I was right behind the end zone. I saw that. But it wasn't a horrific pass, Michael. Mm, I, I was. I had the better angle. You're. On this the is di- not the Zach Wilson. I, I'm not defending. Podcast. I'm just saying you shouldn't act like that. That was balls, under- he had him beat to the sideline, and it was hanging in the air. Yeah, you right, had to contort fair. back to it. Oh, hold on, Michael. There's there's more Zach Wilson takes coming. Don't worry. I'm, I'm not trying to okay. be Zach Wilson truther here. I'm just saying let's let's not. There's enough to criticize. There was one play where he was getting pressured, and yes, he's getting pressured, and it's not ideal, but he was trying to dump it off to Ty Johnson. Oh my and god. And he just shorted it to him. 
No, like, no, the, the one the one that was really bad was when they were in their own end zone. It, it bad in the sense that it didn't really turn into anything, but they, I, don't, I don't remember exactly when in the game this was, but they were in their own end zone and he wouldn't throw the ball away. Yeah, he, he almost took a safe like a step away from going out of bounds. It's like yeah. this, this is the process versus results stuff. Like at the end of the day, is that a you know, did anything bad happen on the play? No, but it's in the long run, bad things are gonna happen when you play that way, like we saw in this game. Eventually he did throw three picks and two of them were because he's playing that style. So uh, it's like we said with the Packers game or um, the Broncos game last week, like, did he get away with it last week? I guess for the most part, but you're going to pay eventually. And in this game he did. Yeah. It's like, it's weird because there were plenty of really good plays from Zach in this game, but there were far too many horrific plays. And that's the, that's the issue. And the last two weeks, they, they hit him a little bit. And that doesn't mean to say that the, the Jets think he's horrible or whatever, and they have to play that style of football, but they wrote a great defense and a great running game. And Zach was just playing not to make the mistake. And the, the numbers weren't pretty, and he didn't really play that well, but they were winning football games. And then entering this game, you know, we said, like, let, let him play a little looser. And if he throws an interception or so, like, that's okay because he's going to make those big plays. And he did make some big plays, like the bomb to Garrett and mostly you know, stuff in the first half. But, you know, the last drive of the game, I know it's, pre, you know, a lot of garbage time. So I guess you can't count too much of that. And also Mims took that that ball, like, what, like 40 yards after the catch. So that definitely inflated some of the numbers. But yeah, it's like he can't. The thing with Zach is he can't handle pressure. The pressure come, and I don't just mean figuratively or literally. I mean, whatever you know what I mean. Yes, the oh, pressure yes, of the moment. Maybe both. Maybe the pressure of the point. moment, but more so when there are guys in his face, he has to leave the pocket and he has to go turn into improv mode. And instead of just being able to stay, and look, easier said than done, but. This is why there's so few elite NFL quarterbacks. But when the pressure is coming down, you have to step up in the pocket and make that quick decision. And instead, the pressure starts to come and he goes into, I got to go playmaker mode. And I'm sorry, but the playmaker mode's not really there. I mean, because every play is turning into backyard football. How many, I mean, when they are able to, to play in structure, when he's able to play in structure and he can play in time, there's it's normally because there's not pressure and it looks great. But when there's pressure, he can't play in structure anymore. And then it's backyard football. And defenses are keying in on that. And it's like, okay, it's one thing to do that if you're going to run. Like, it's still not great to be taking off every play. And But it's like, okay, then at least run and get yards. If you're going to leave the pocket every play, you might as well have eight, nine, ten rushing attempts because there's space for him to run. That's honestly not the – obviously, it's not the biggest thing to worry about with Zach in this game, but it's just like – there were way too many opportunities in this game. I'm like, run, run. And it's just, he, he's holding onto the ball, holding onto the ball, and then he'll throw it away or throw an interception or make a dumb pass. And yeah, it's, it's infuriating. And it's, you know, I, you want it to play loose because you get some of the big plays, but when he plays too loose, sometimes you get stuff like that. It's finding that, that happy medium of what you saw in the fourth quarter at Pittsburgh. But the reality is this, Michael. Yes, they took a number two overall. Yes, he's shown flashes of brilliance. Yes, you have that fourth quarter in Pittsburgh. And yes, look, you're five and three. You're missing on top of losing your two best offensive players this week. You didn't have Corey Davis and Elijah Moore basically didn't play either. So yeah, okay, I get it. You got a depleted offense around you and you're five and three and they have some time for him to figure their shit out. But Michael, as I said a few minutes ago, this team is right in the thick of things in the playoff picture. And with slightly better quarterback play, they win this game. And it's just, it's with Joe Flacco quarterback. Okay. Maybe they would have taken a few sacks, but they would have won this game. Do you agree with that? Or do you think I'm, I'm reaching on that one? 
No, they definitely win this game with average quarterback play. Even just take out the interceptions and they win this game. And it feels like there's going to be more games like that and the, until he starts to show significant improvement. And they're lucky there haven't been more games like that. The, the defense was dominant enough to prevent that from being the case. But uh, in this game, it just turned out to where his – I mean, previous games he didn't turn the ball over, but he was kind of just lucky that didn't happen. But in this game – they, they were capitalized on. So the Patriots defense, always do. The Patriots yeah, always do. This is a team that's going to capitalize when you give them those chances, regardless of, you know, the Patriots aren't as talented as they usually are, but they are still a well-coached team that's going to punish you for making mistakes. And uh, that's what they did in this game. So, you know, he finally turns the ball over and now the defense can't truly dominate in the way they did in the other games because they got put in bad field position every single time. So, yeah, without that, you just saw the costliness of him playing the way he is. So it gets interesting the rest of the season because, like you said, this is a team that looks, you know, not necessarily ready to compete for a championship yet or anything, but they're right, like you said, right in the thick of things in the AFC. Um, and they're five and three despite poor quarterback play from two different quarterbacks. Um, you know, all three games they lost very much on the quarterback. So, and pretty much none of the, except the Steelers game, I guess. And, and I guess give Flacco's credit for the Browns game, but the majority of the five wins, not a credit to the quarterback. So it's a talented roster and they are ready to, you know, make a run right now. And you never know when you're going to be able to make another run in the future. And, and granted this team exactly. is, you know, built to, to last, but yeah, at but the same time, with injuries, you, you never, never know. And, you know, how long are you going to ride this out? And, you know, sacrifice this good thing you have going this year just to see what this guy has when it's when there's no progress happening. And that that word right there, I think, is the biggest concern progress, because has there been any of it this year compared to last year? At this point, the answer is no. And like you could point to little things like does he miss screens as much? I guess not. But congratulations, you got the easiest part of quarterbacking down. Um, so, well, look, it's I just think, the overall uh, progress is not there. Well, I think, I year. think he's, I think you've seen progress, but the progress isn't good enough. You know, like uh, it's not, uh, he does look more comfortable in the offense. And like you said, there's I, I don't things think like so screens. at this point through five games, it's not, no, well, I, Hey, last year. He, he looks more comfortable. You don't think he looks more comfortable in the offense. You no. don't, uh, I didn't say the progress is enough, but yeah, like you said, the screens look better. The ball fakes are better. He, I mean, he, you know, was slinging it the first half. It's just, he's, the progress isn't enough. He's making rookie mistakes, but you know, you, Michael, you have to remember how bad he looked at times last year. <laughs> it's like, you know, where, where he, when he played the Patriots last year, you don't think there's any progress from there. I mean, I'm not saying that this is enough. I'm just pointing out that the statement isn't necessarily correct that you just made, but look, it's not no, good enough. I, and compared to the second, not that version of him, the second half last year, he's worse than he was in the second half of last season. I well, think like, that's true. Yeah. Depending on game, depending on the game. Yeah. Like the Bucks version of, of Zach, we haven't really seen, I guess the, the Dolphins game was, it was another version of the, the Bucks act that we saw just a guy who's making quick decisions, accurate, decisive, or decisive, not turning the ball over. And hell, even in that Bucks game, he still had the fourth and one play at the, at the end of the game. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a real lack of awareness i guess is just the way to describe how he's playing and but mostly situationally like he's had and i'd have to think of other examples but there's far too many times where it's like third and two and you're looking to hit the 15 yard out route and sort of the wide open guy in the flat or like we said the third and five where you could have just ran it 
or it's like, okay, it's a two minute drill at the end of the half and you're throwing it, uh, you know, like he had against Pittsburgh and he's throwing the interception. And again, he threw an interception in the two minute drill at the end of the half. And he just makes too many boneheaded plays. And here's a question, you know, if you think I'm being too light on Zach, who showed more in their first two years, Zach or Darnold? And consider the fucking supporting cast that Darnold had around him. And even regardless, Darnold. Yes. At this point, it's not yep. even close. And especially when you factor in the cast, like if you gave Darnold this cast and look, we know Darnold's not a good NFL quarterback, but I'm just saying like, it's not close between who's shown more. Well, I guess who's been more consistent through, through two games or through two seasons. Now, again, as we said at the beginning, part is, is this enough to say that Zach will never turn it around or be a good NFL quarterback? No, you can't say that because based off the first half and based off some of the flashes and, based off of how many games he's played, it's way too early. But this was a real dent in my confidence in Zach. I'll say that. It really was. Uh, he can earn it back. They have a huge opportunity next week. I mean, we're all pretty much, you know, penciling in a loss. I will say, I saw on Twitter, I should, I'll pull up the uh, the guy's ad. I don't know if you saw this, Michael. I thought this was, was fascinating. Hold on. I, I want to give this guy credit before I, I say it out. But a, a guy flipped a coin. Here it is. So it's at uh, Nooner Nation with N's, like N-double-O, Nooner Nation. Uh, he flipped a coin every uh, to predict every game. And he's completely, this is back in August, and he's completely accurate so far. And he has the Jets beating the Bills next week. So that's something to keep an eye out for. I'll send it to you, Michael, if you haven't seen that. Um, so definitely want to get the uh, lottery numbers from that guy. Um, but I just think that he has an opportunity against Buffalo and then they get a, another chance against the Patriots the week after that. And then they have the bears at home after that. But if he's still playing like, like this, uh, I mean, how long, how long do you think the leash is? I think that's a, an interesting question is at what point would, do you think they would make a change? Because, and I don't think it's crazy to even say that. And I understand it's like, well, you're two, you took him second overall. You can't give up on him for Mike White or Joe Flacco or Chris Trevler or whoever, but like, no, you can't have a five and three football team with the way this defense is playing and how hard these guys are playing every single week and lose games because of the quarterback. Uh, I'm not saying that, that Mike White should start next week. I'm not even saying that, that even if Zach stinks it up against the bills, the best team in football, he should be benched at the bye, which you'll see calls for that, assuming that he doesn't play well and they lose. But if they then lose again to the Patriots, you maybe give him the one against the Bears. And then if he gets outshone by Justin Fields, at what point are you – what are you then? Are you five and six then? I was always bad at math. Yeah, five and six? Or I'm dumb. Yeah, five and six. Yeah, five, I'm not – okay, I can count. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um you're five and six in that point. And then do you make the change? Like how long do you think the leash is for Zach Wilson in this team? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, if he has a bad game this week against the bills, you know, the calls are going to be there just because you're going into the bye week. And that's always a good opportunity for these kind of changes. Cause you have that extra time. So the, there are going to be loud calls if they lose to the bills for sure. Will they do it? I think that's no. still a little too early considering it, you know, they'll still be five and four. He'll be four and two. I don't think they'll do it after the Bills game, but after that, if you know, if this season kind of goes off the rails, if maybe they drop to five hundred or a game below at some point, then maybe I can see it. It'll, it all depends on how he plays. Yeah. Um. Because you know, regardless of if you win or not, you have to evaluate the guy individually. And like you know, the Jets finally lost the game because of him. But like we said, they won the last two in spite of him, and they easily could have lost if 
they weren't oh, that dominant. Oh, those those two games against Green Bay and and well, Green Bay was a, a dominant win despite how he played. But the Denver game really saves them a little bit because they you can argue they didn't really deserve to win that Denver game, but just by virtue of winning it, five and three is a lot easier to swallow right now than four and four going. Into yeah, it, it, de- it definitely bought them some time. So we'll see. And then the decision to elevate Mike White into the to the second yes, quarterback I was spot just about is to bring it up. Very interesting, and I think that definitely puts a little more pressure on him. I think that has to be the message here because, you know, look, clearly Flacco didn't play too well when he was out there. And we also know he's most likely not going to be back next year. Yeah. Whereas Mike White, you know, is still a relatively younger guy. He's not, you know, young, but, you know, younger guy. I think he's 27, right? Um, Yeah. Thanks for backing me up there. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I don't know. I could have just said yes. I didn't know. You know, late. I didn't want to lie. Yeah, we want. I looked up Mike White age, and it said fifty-two. So I don't think that's there's a different Mike White who takes over the Google searches. He is twenty-seven. All right, so you know, you know, younger guy who you know did have some. Overall, I think he mostly struggled last year, but you know, he had some flashes with the the Bengals game. Uh, I I guess just that game, but and the Colts. Hey, come on, and the Colts game. He did have an interception dropped in that game. Yeah, he still had a nice touchdown drive though. Come on. Nah, it's meh to me. Either way, think the, you think the Colts game was meh for Mike? Yes. Come on, that's such a, yes. that's a terrible take. No, oh. it's not. Rewatch it. Rewatch okay, I'll go. It. Oh, you're right. I, I don't really remember. I remember a he threw a wide open touchdown to Elijah Moore and had an interception drop. It was only like a couple. I think of he drives. had a few. Didn't okay. Yeah, he played like two drives. He got injured. He had a nice play on that that touchdown drive though, because he got injured on that and then he threw the TD and then he was out. Do you remember? Because he hit his hand on a helmet yeah. on a big. All right, whatever. We're, yeah, we're either way, the point the point is, you know, I think by making this move, definitely, kind of shows you that they're thinking about that contingency plan a little yeah. bit more. What do you think? I, I was going to ask you. I mean, you kind of answered a little bit, but what the what is what the hell's going on with the with the backup quarterbacks this weekend? Because <laughs> first they elevate Strevler, and that got us all excited because we're like, oh, here we go. They got something. They should have done that, the way you played what out. A, Oh yeah, they absolutely should have. <laughs> And you're like, here they go. They got something up their sleeve. And then he's inactive 90 minutes before kickoff. And you're wondering. And then Salah had a weird quote about it. I'll see if I can pull it up. But it was essentially like uh, some stuff happened over, you know, in the last. I'm trying to, I want to find it. Can, maybe you can back me up like I couldn't for you and, and pull up the exact quote he had on him. But it was just something weird about like, oh, some things came up and we didn't end up going with it. And it's like, and then it's the decision to have Mike White be QB2 wasn't really explained that well. And so it's like, is Flacco being traded? Did, I mean, did I don't really make, I don't want to speculate on what that could even be. I I really have no idea what to take away from that quote. So I think anything we would say would sound dumb, but it's like, there's only a few things. It's like either there's, was there an illness in the quarterback room? Did Strebler get in trouble? Were they just trying to uh, uh, psych out Belichick? That's what I, I that's why with the Strebler thing, that's what I think happened. I think they were just trying to psych him out which i like but Sala's quote kind of made it a little bit more cryptic um but with the mike white stuff like yeah i mean look you think about go back to august we're analyzing every single practice rep and talking about it on this podcast and then once the season starts we go into dark mode and like yeah it's not the same as training camp um but you know these guys these coaches are seeing plenty of reps from these quarterbacks throughout the week that we don't see and you know elijah moore even was like there's there's stuff going on in this building that uh, i won't say and i look we're not going to speculate on how zach is playing in practice without seeing it because it certainly seems like there's plenty of guys who still believe in him but i do wonder if mike white got the qb2 nod you do wonder 
if he, is he playing really well in practice? Is that why? Or is he, did, is Zach not playing that well in practice? Like, you know, you don't want to be too speculative, but there isn't much to do when there's these weird moves and no explanation except speculate. And I agree with you. I think it is a sign of, look, one being if Zach got injured, I think you'd want a guy at this point, you would just want to turn to Mike White regardless. There's no point in going to Flacco. He had his three games. He had a, a miracle win to top off his career. There's just no point in him being there except for, for coaching up the young guys. But Mike White, it's like, yeah, if Zach's not playing well and you need to pull him or if Zach is injured um, and you want to put him out there he probably gives you a better chance. Well, I shouldn't say a better chance to win than Flacco, but he's a little bit more mobile than Flacco and he's younger. Um, and yeah, based how he played in uh, last year, hell, even with the Bills game, you might be able to give him, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say you should give him the win with Mike White. I think you can definitely definitively say though, with with the, the level of quarterback play they were getting from Flacco, although it wasn't that great, I think they would have won this game. Because I think it was – Wilson made some big plays, absolutely, but it was just the boneheaded plays that cost him this game. The defense came to play. They they played angry all games. Six sacks, an interception, a, a pick six that got called back. You know, they didn't really allow too much. They had the one drive coming out of half where I, I think – I didn't really see it. My dad saw it, and he was saying, did Brayman fall down on the kickoff? I wasn't watching that. I, I, I had don't no think idea I've, what happened. He, my dad was saying that, that he fell down or he tripped or something. I've never seen that. So they got a bad spot at the start of the second half. And then they just had a few bad plays. They got down there. And, and then on the fourth and one, I, did they get, I think they got him down to fourth and one on that. Right. I could be wrong. They might've been a different drive. No, I think it was that drive. The fourth and one blatant offensive pass interference yeah. to, to open up yeah. the touchdown. Just yeah, doesn't it was get fourth down. Um, just horrific. I mean, just horrific officiating. And like, yes, Zach cost in this game. But, and we say it every podcast when we do criticize the refs, like, oh, we don't want to be that podcast. That stuff happens to every team. It's like cliche to blame the refs. No, fuck that. This game was, was lost by the refs. I'm sorry. It was lost by Zach Wilson, but it was also lost by the refs. It should have been 17 to three going into the halftime. Zach's second interception shouldn't have counted. And that fourth and one touchdown should have been called back and they should have sent out the, the field goal unit on that drive. So it was some bullshit, honestly, like a very direct, 10-point swing at the end of the half, gave the Patriots another four points with that t- missed offensive P.I., and spotted them that interception. That Did they score off that second interception, or did we get the ball back? Second one, they punted it. Yeah, but it did affect yeah. field position, though. But it, so, Yeah, crushed the field position. Horrific, horrific NFL officiating, and it's week in and week out with this league. It makes no effing sense. And you can argue the JFM one. It's like, okay, he does hit him late. And yes, you can say that was done by But did JFM you see the explanation after yes. the game? They said that he hit him too hard. He doesn't come. First of all, if you just watch in real time, because when you watch it in slow motion, you're like, oh, what is he doing? But you have to realize the man is moving full steam ahead. What else is he supposed to do? He's running. You try to run in a straight line, sprint full speed, you know, upfield seven yards, and then stop on a dime like that without touching the quarterback at all. And he doesn't fall down on him. He pushes him. And like, yeah, should he? could he have maybe not given him a push? Sure, but it's not like he came down with his full weight. And need I remind everybody of last year, the play that Zach got injured against the Patriots from Matt Judon slammed Zach way after the, the pass and he got injured. Way worse than this play wasn't flagged. The Patriots year in and year out get these bullshit calls. And it's just... One day, Michael, one day I will go to a Jets-Pats game and I'll get to taste the delicious Patriot fan tears. I will say, all I want 
is I want them to go into Gillette three weeks from now and beat the shit out of this terrible team. The Patriots are not good. That's the only thing I can take out of today that makes me feel good is the Patriots are a team crumbling and crashing down the mountain. And yeah, they gave the Jets a, a bit of a cheap jot on their way down, but this is not the pa- Patriots of old. This is a bad football team. I'm sorry. It's not a good football team. And it makes the loss hurt worse because the Jets lost to a team that they're better than on paper and that they outside of quarterback play played better than, but this is not a good football team. And so they get another shot against them after the buy. I'm glad they get to play them again. They get to prove after the buy that things are different, but man, this one stung, man. I just, that was painful. It was just, just a pit in my stomach the entire second half. And just like, uh, it, it, deja vu all over again. Do you think I should just stop going to Jets Pats games? Like, I just want to see the one where they beat them, but I'm 0 4 on Jets Pats games. I might, I might be done. Yeah, I think you're a jinx at this point. You did tell me last year, don't you ever go to another Jets Pats game? <laughs> they did beat the Dolphins when I was in the house. So I'm not a total jinx. Um, what were your thoughts on the officiating, though? I mean, yeah, it was pretty bad. I think the the biggest thought for me about the JFM calls, I think there should maybe be consideration. And obviously, we're saying this because it affected our team, but I think no. in, in general, but there should be consideration of changing the effect of it because it just seems like too big of an impact for something that didn't really affect the outcome of the play. No, not at all. It's like an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, essentially. It was way after he threw the ball. <laughs> like, not that right. Bad, I mean, but like, like, like roughing the passer by nature does not affect the outcome of the play because yeah. the whole point of it is that it happens after you throw the ball. So it doesn't affect what happens with the football. So if it gets intercepted, exactly, it should stay as an interception. Like, you want to penalize them, take away the 90-yard return, go ahead. I, I think it should, you know... Or make it reviewable. Yeah, I mean, you can make it reviewable. You could make it so you could, you know, instead of taking away the turnover entirely and giving them yards and a first down, just, you know, push it back to the spot of the interception or maybe 10 yards behind that. But to completely erase something that has nothing to do with the penalty itself just doesn't seem right. Because, like, like when there's a penalty, like if there's an interception and then there's a block, like – after that, they don't take the turnover away, and that didn't exactly. affect the turnover. And they threw happening. the flag when he was on, like, like the CBS graphic popped up with when he was at like the ten yard line. But I don't think they they definitely didn't throw that ball the flag until it was clear that was going to be a touchdown. So it's like, okay, he throws an interception after the penalty, very clearly going to be a touchdown for the Jets, and then you throw the flag. It's just bullshit all around. I'm sorry. Like I and yeah, it benefited the Jet or the the Patriots, and maybe we wouldn't be saying the same thing if it benefited the Jets. But it's very clear that the NFL has a rough in the passer issue. And like you said, yeah, it affected way too much. It, like <laughs> a whole ten point swing. Credit to the Jets defense for not allowing a touchdown there. I will say the Jets defense held in, in tough spots all game. And if you're going to take any positives out of this this game, it's this team is different. This is still a good football team. They didn't have the crumbling blowout loss to the Pats that they, they've had in years past. The quarterback still needs to be figured out, but the defense is legitimately very good. This is an, uh, an insane defensive line, an insane secondary or cornerback room, and then a safety and linebacker group that hits as hard as nails and, and you know plays hard. But the, def- the talent at defensive line and the talent at corner is unreal on this team. And like you said, you never really know when these windows open up. Yes, the Jets are, are built to, to be a, a team for a while here, just a bunch of young guys. But like you never know with injuries. You never know with 
how your season unfolds or what's going on with the rest of the AFC. The Jets have an opportunity to make the playoffs this year. Not a pipe dream. They have a legit, I mean, if the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs. And going into the year, it was all about, okay, if they can just be four and five at the bye, the second half of their schedule, a lot of winnable games, they can, you know, they can pick up steam in the second half and, and maybe they can make a late playoff push. Not exactly the same because teams like the Seahawks are a lot better. The Dolphins are, are pretty good. Um, who are some the Lions are a tough team. They took it to the Dolphins all, all day. The Jaguars aren't, you know, a team to just be walked over. I mean, look, it's hard to win any game, but not to say that there aren't plenty of winnable games after the bye, but going into the season, it was like, if they can just be four and five at the bye, like they, they have a chance. And it's like, they're five and three, likely five and four at the bye. They can't let the quarterback cost them. I'm sorry. They just can't let the quarterback cost them. And just because they need to see what he is. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, ugh, it's a nightmare. Not, I mean, not a nightmare. Look, they're, they're five and three. I shouldn't say nightmare, but it's, it's a shitty situation. I guess I'd rather be, would you rather be in the situation of having a good QB? I didn't say great, a good QB, but a bad team or a, a good team and a bad QB. What would you rather have? I mean, it's a good question because you almost feel like the quarterback is harder to get than the, the entire rest of the team. I mean, just look at us right now because, you know, we're still looking for a quarterback and, you know, they've had multiple runs of good teams by this point. And that's not to say building a good team is easy, but still the Jets have had a lot of good stretches of nice structure. Um, and the quarterback is just, I mean, <laughs> Sanchez a number <laughs> that was really just a Sanchez what other era of good teams were foisted by or screwed over by bad quarterback play I'm not saying there were mediocre teams that got bad QB play like yeah. the Geno Smith years but this is a legitimately a very good football team this is this is very 2009 well I, I shouldn't put it on the same plane but this is a very good football team it's different than like I don't know I don't know what other example we would give, but I know what you mean. There's, there's been plenty of teams that were like where the Jets had like a good defense and just terrible quarterback play, but this is legitimately like a, they're playing excellent football on the defensive side of the ball. And they have a ton of young guys on offense. It's just, oh my God. Well, you know what? I, do, I didn't really want to sit down here and do a whole long pod, but there's actually kind of a lot to talk about. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll, we'll trudge through this one. I know you're, you're probably tired, Michael. So, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to keep you on for too long. But Elijah Moore, how freaking weird was their usage with him today? Yeah, it's an awkward situation because you know we thought he was going to get this huge role with Brees Hall out, and you know they need him, and Corey Davis was out, and granted different roles, but you know it seemed like he was going to play a big role, but he barely plays in this one. I really only saw him on third downs. Jeff Smith yeah. was playing more than him. So it's, you know, it's an awkward situation. Like, on one hand, I get it because, you know, this guy just pouted about targets and everything. And you don't want to just be like, all right, you're back to being our featured guy. So, like, you are kind of disciplining him a little bit by making him earn his way back. But at the same time, it's like you want to win games and he's probably more talented than Jeff Smith. Probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Jeff Smith did have a come close to scoring that touchdown at the end. He had the big Oh, touch, that's true. That's true. Which is more than Elijah Moore has done in a while. So um, all right, I guess you're right. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird situation. And then Moore's comments after the game where he's like, they asked him, you know, what is your chemistry with 
or what's your chemistry like Zach Wilson or how do you fix it or whatever? And he's like, I don't know. I don't get the ball. So, and then that's another iffy situation. Cause it's like at this point, yeah, you kind of get it. Cause we you know Zach Wilson's struggling, but it's also not something that you really want him to but say. Dude, shut up. Zach has right. been nothing but supportive of you in the media. It's like, I get you're upset with how he's playing in the field. And, and if you do watch his post-game interview, it, it wasn't as bad as it. Like, they keep prodding him and prodding him and prodding him. And he kind of said that as a joke. He didn't really – when you read it, it comes off of like, well, I'm not getting the ball. I mean, that is essentially what he's saying. But he, he laughed after it, and it was kind of a joke. But it's like, dude, shut up. What are you doing? It's like you want to say, I don't want to be a distraction. I wish my trade request wasn't public. It's like, are you dumb? You didn't think that was going to become public? And then it's like, I don't want to be a distraction, but – I don't know what I'm chemistry like. I'm not getting the ball. It's like, okay, there's your headline again, Elijah. And do you, do you think that they'll trade him? Do you think, I mean, the deadline's Tuesday. Do you think I think today him? made it more likely because it's just such Definitely. a weird situation. Like they don't, they clearly don't want to use him fully. Like there were, there was no better situation to put him back into a featured role than today, you know, with Corey Davis out with needing a spark, knowing that Brees Hall is done for the year um, and playing against this, uh, a Patriots pass defense that's pretty solid. You know, this was the opportunity to put him right back out there, but they're clearly not at that point. Then he comes out again. And, you know, whether you disagree with them or agree with them or not on the comments, because I know a lot of people do agree with them at this point. Regardless, he's not, he's not wrong with what he said. Right. Regardless, not incorrect. It's, it's just still, don't say it. <laughs> still just another distraction. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think today made it a lot more likely. I think it's going to happen. This is a very weird situation right now. I yeah, do. But what I, can they? What are they going to get for him? I don't know. I really don't know. But it's don't you just see it as hard for this to continue playing out? You know, just him continuing to be in this kind of the doghouse. Well, I, I don't know. The honest question. Yes, I do see it being hard. But if he does have a big game. I think people will forget about it and move on. That's kind of how I've always But he's not going to have a big game. With well, but you snaps. don't know. Well, but you don't know if that – I don't think this is going to be – if he stays with the team for the remainder of the season, he's not going to be in that role for the rest of the year, I would bet. I don't think you just keep him in the well, – I, I highly doubt after more, you know, makes, again, you know, these comments after the game and then during the game he plays and he doesn't even draw any targets. I don't well, he I got don't two see targets. how he's going to – He got two targets. Or sorry, he got one, and then he had the throwaway. That was oh, right. But had. for all intents and purposes, like he didn't really create opportunities while he was out there. So, is he earning more snaps? Is I will say doing? he was. He was so. open on the Zach did target him, and the ball got knocked down. And I think it was the the first drive after the touchdown, and Elijah was open, and he had some open space to make a guy miss. Like that might have got him going. And I don't know. Then if he made a big play, do you think they put him back in? More often, I don't. It was kind of a weird thing. It's like, all right, if you're gonna discipline him, don't play him. But I guess maybe it's to show that that if he, if he's out there and he's playing in a really limited role, like to do the to put what you were doing to him at an absolute ten, like at least he was he was playing a lot and just wasn't getting the ball, and he was like, I'm not involved. Then you go ratchet that up to a ten and be like, all right, we're gonna put you in for eight snaps or what was it like ten snaps or something? He played. Um, we're gonna put you in for ten snaps. Um, and if Elijah shows that he can be okay with it, not okay with it, but not instead of like throwing a, a tantrum on the sideline or whatever and accepting his role and, and trying to make the most of his opportunities when he gets them, then he can kind of earn the trust of the locker room back. 
and he can earn the trust of the fan base back. So from that perspective, it makes sense. Um, but the usage was just curious. Like it was just, yeah. Like, was it just third downs? Did they just turn him into a third down receiver? Like, I don't understand. I, I you know, I get why solid doesn't, but you wish that he would maybe have explained that a little bit more, but we'll find out a lot more before our next podcast because Tuesday will explain a lot if they move him or not. I would say if I had to make a prediction right now, make a prediction right now. All right. We did this last week and I said, I don't think he'll be traded. I think they'll come out with, you know, we like Elijah. He's part of our future and they won't trade him. And that's essentially what's happened to this point. But I agree with you that the usage today made it a little bit more likely that they trade him. I'll say I I don't think they trade him. I think they hold on to him. And it's not because I don't think they wouldn't. I just think that they're not going to get the value they're looking for right now. And I just don't think that Douglas is the guy to move off of him. You know, I I think that they have the leaders in place to be able to handle a situation like that. And I don't see Douglas shipping him off for nothing because they know he's a good player. And look, if he was playing, if he was getting the ball in there winning, he's a quote unquote great locker room guy. He's turned into this diva because he's not getting the ball. And, you know, maybe that says more about him, but I'm just, I don't know. He's not Antonio Brown is, I guess what I'm trying to say, but uh, I'll say they don't trade him. What do you think? I think he goes to Green Bay for his second round pick. Yeah, that makes plenty of sense. I mean, knows the offense. You do it for a second. Yeah, at this point. At this point, yeah. Oh, that's a tough one to, to do. But it's a tough pill to swallow, but you just gotta look at it. Yeah. The reality right now. This is yeah. not going anywhere good anytime soon. Well, I mean, kind of premature to say that, but yeah. If they, I would do a, if they got like a like Robbie said like a second and a third or a second this year and a third next year or something like that. Like if they could get something on top of the second, I would maybe do it. Yeah, maybe right. Who knows? But they're used to with him today. But the other thing is like if you trade him, you're pretty thin at receiver. So maybe second and then get, yeah they get somebody back under the receiver back. I mean, because think about it. Like okay, Davis will be healthy. But again, we uh, there will be more receiver injuries. Like imagine if Garrett goes down, then then your starting three are Corey, Mims, and Barrios, and Mims can really only play X. So I guess so. It's like, is it Corey, Jeff Smith, and Barrios? Like I don't know if you want to do that. If if you trade him, you really make things harder on Zach. And I don't really know if that's that's the right move when you're trying to evaluate a quarterback, or if you're trying to make a playoff push to sell off one of your best players for a draft pick. Well, does it also help to have a receiver who no, doesn't support him? Well, but was he throwing tantrums in the sideline? I was watching him. He doesn't, you know, I'm not to say that he's not unhappy. I did see Salah talking to him during the game, like kind of give him like a calm down motion. I did see that. Well, I understand why Elijah would be pissed. I mean, there was. I don't, time. I don't, I don't, I don't support him. During the Sorry. game? No, no, I don't support him. But during the game, I get why he'd be. No, no, this is no. this oh, is, this is too much support for him. And I love, everyone knows we love this player, but. This guy needs to stop. Honestly. I didn't support him. I just said I get why he's pissed during the game. No, he did it to himself. But during the game when the Jets are losing and he's playing 10 snaps, you don't understand why he'd be like. It's his fault. Man. It's yeah, his fault. I yes, it is his fault. But I get why he's pissed. He did it to himself. But I get why he's pissed. That's like that meme with the, the guy putting the stick. Yeah. On his bike <laughs> wheel. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. No, I get it. He did it completely to himself. But I also would understand it didn't he first of all he didn't throw any tantrums but like yeah i would get why he would be mad during the game he the guy wants the ball 
he, he did it in a horrible way and he'll he might end up being traded for it and he did it all this to himself but i do understand why he's upset about this whole situation i do understand i don't think it just i don't know i don't know well we'll just move on next this is oh it didn't I, you know i missed doing the winning pod, post-game podcast this was so much more we had we got to i don't know Remember last week when they'd won and we were kind of down and it was like, this is a victory podcast. Are we getting spoiled? Now I remember what it feels like to have a, a losing podcast. It doesn't feel good, man. Ugh, yeah. You gotta I mean, think the about worst, it all the worst thing about losing is that it's, it's kind of political. You know what I mean? Like now we got to talk about like quarterback. Who's the quarterback? That's the quarterback. thing that I hate about. Is it, is it like that with every team or is it just. And then this? the receiver and the drama. Do you trade him? Is he right? Is he wrong? So well, that, that's I the get... worst thing about losing. You don't really. You kind of lose focus from football and it gets more to like he said, she said, or decision making. Right. All that. But I get like I get there in New York and big media market or whatever. But like the whole like we got to create a huge storyline about like the whole Connor Hughes tweeting like they wanted fans in the stands early. They lit off fireworks. They and like the creating this whole dramatic tweet about and they didn't show up or whatever the bullshit he worded. It's just like, does every game need to be this melodramatic? Like, I get it was the Patriots and it stings, but it's like, does every game have to every law is every loss same old Jets? Like, every loss is going to be that way. Like, I'm not denying that losing to the Patriots with bad quarterback play isn't the epitome of same old Jets, but it's like, is every loss going to be like that? Because every loss this season has been the same old Jets. It's like, guys, just I don't know. But if this loss was to another team, do you think it would be this dramatic? Probably not, but you know, at the end of the day, the football-related takeaways are the same. You know, the quarterback struggles, and I guess mainly that. Yeah. What did you think about Lafleur in this game? Ignoring, I, I mean, I thought he's pretty good, to be honest. I mean, do you think they do you think they got away from the run though a little too early? Maybe, but ultimately, what it always boils down to is you can't look at the results. You have to think about what the results would be if the quarterback. Right. And, and, you know, just every player on the field just played average. But what, what would the results be? Right. And I think you, right, know, you but, just take out those interceptions and he makes a few more throws that he missed on. And it's a really good offensive. Right. Day, but so. right. But given the fact that the Patriots have struggled against the run and they didn't have Christian Barmore, do you think that they like going into it, it's like this team struggles against the run? This should be a ground and pound type of day for the Jets. And I agree, though, like I, the run game was doing like they certainly missed Brees Hall. If they had Brees Hall and AVT, I don't think this we're talking about a loss here. I think you're talking about another win. But th- like you said, the running game was doing a good job in first down of staying ahead of the sticks. It seems like they were in a lot of second and fives. Or if first down was in a complete, the second down they could make it like a third and six. Like they, they were keeping them in manageable situations. And so I get the game script is like, all right, you know, if you run on them first down, you're second and five. Then it seems like they would pass and it would be incomplete. And then it's third and five. It seemed like the, the theme of the the, the game. But it did just feel like they got away from, I don't know. It, it, just looking at the matchup, running against this Patriots defense was certainly a, a lot more uh, tantalizing than, than passing against them, especially when you know how much they take the ball away. And I don't know. I guess Zach was slinging it, and they did have a few nice concepts, and I like how they finally started to throw down fields a little bit more. And you can't put this on the floor. I'm just I'm just curious to, to get your thoughts on uh, It didn't seem like they ran the ball as much as they maybe should have, but. I mean, I think there that's was also just, some credence to the idea that the Pats were, you know, maybe stacking the box a little bit more. That's to true. 
try to make up for that. So then the advantage shifts to the passing game, which, you know, again, early in the game, they were kind of exploiting that. You're um, right about that. But I think that's kind of where the thought, what the thought process might have been. And they really didn't run the ball that great, even though despite, you know, despite the mismatch. So um, I don't know. I thought it was the only thing I really complained about with LaFleur was that when Zach threw that first interception, and, you know, this does not excuse the interception at all, but you know, it was third and two. They, to that point, they were kind of running it pretty decently. Like, I don't, and, you know, they emptied it out and they had the motion with Barrios and Conklin was out wide. I was like, are we doing a little too much on third and two? Yeah. Can't we just. The, the, know, the third and two scripts this year have been a little too cute for, for my like. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, I will say a few positives on offense. Garrett Wilson finally having another big game since Cleveland. And not just that, it was more that we finally got to see him have chemistry with Zach. This is the first time. I mean, he had like a nice completion against Pittsburgh to him. But since Zach had become the quarterback, Garrett had kind of disappeared. And this was the first time that you really saw they had they had legitimate chemistry. And Garrett looked like that guy again. So what would you think about Garrett's performance? Yeah, I was really hoping to see another Garrett breakout game like you know, mainly the Cleveland game, but really the first three games, I just thought he's very active, getting a lot of targets. Last three games, not so much, but this was finally another vintage Garrett Wilson performance. I mean, vintage. You, know, you start, yeah, vintage for a rookie, but I, I guess it is. It's vintage from a month ago. But, <laughs> from September. Yeah, but, you know, the bomb early in the game, um, the catch he made on that out route was, I think, a great bailout catch on a pretty bad throw. We'll have to look at it again. That's what I thought at first. Um, yeah, I just I just think that it catches outside of his frame. Even when he did catch the ball in the open field, just making guys miss, getting extra yards. Um, really seems like he was firing on all cylinders. And they also got him the ball in some more uh, design situations. I know they got him, I think, one end round, one pop pass, you know, coming across the line. So, yeah, I think it was a great game from him. Not just him, but Conklin finally had another big game. Yeah. We hadn't seen him for a while and we he had had a great training camp and he had didn't really have a I mean he wasn't that involved in the first he had a, he had a few games where he was I guess the Cleveland game he had a, a nice few catches or whatever um when Flacco was the quarterback he was getting the ball a little bit more but again since Zach came quarter became the quarterback we didn't see any Conklin really um and a nice game from Conklin two touchdowns what do you think about his performance yeah, and, Uza- this- and Uzama, my Uzama, yeah, Uzama nice showed up. He had some nice catches. That one big one later in the game, but Conklin, this was, I think, finally the full unleashing of his route running skill. I mean, that touchdown, the first one, was great route. I mean, you know, not that he had amazing separation, but the guy was being pressed at the line. There aren't a lot of tight ends who could get off that and then create separation uh, towards the sideline. Then the catch was you know, great throw too. But it was, it was tight. The defender's hand was in there. He was able to hold on to it. So that was a great catch. Um, you know, he had touchdown later to potentially give them Cleveland 2.0. Um, so, yeah, Conklin, good activity in the passing game for sure. Yeah, when they when they scored that touchdown at the end of the fourth, were you, were you thinking I Cleveland? Didn't, I, obviously, I was thinking about it. I didn't think it was going to happen, though, just because I feel like Patriots special teams a little more buttoned up. And, and the way our specials played this year. I mean, the and fact the that we tripped on a, a kickoff. Was... The way that the special teams was playing in that game. <laughs> it really it really was the, the difference between winning and losing. I mean, we've seen it the last few weeks. I was weeks. kind of hoping it was going to happen, though, because like half the stadium left it would be so funny. But all those fans. 
you know, probably the same fans who didn't get in because they're stuck in the parking lot. All right, I'm well, not going to call people out. I will <laughs> say, though, the, the fireworks that they lit off at noon or whatever, pretty weak. It's pretty underwhelming. It was like, uh, one, saw... it was like one pop. Like, boom. Like, yeah, all right, like... that. that... <laughs> what did you know. think of the, the crowd at the opening kickoff? I was a little underwhelmed. I honestly, I didn't really know. I thought it was pretty good. I know I. I knew uh, the first sack of the game. I remember looking around and being like, "Holy shit, this place is full <laughs> and rocking." Which yeah, I never it, really it seen. did fill up it definitely to start the game. I was like, "Yeah, this is better," but it's still kind of like eighty percent. Eventually, got to like ninety-five. I would say. Yeah, so, I, the, honestly, the section right behind me is the only kind of empty. So I was looking like way up into the upper upper decks and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, this, the this way thing. you judge it is the upper deck section behind the end zone." Yeah, if, if that's because that's probably the last resort section. So if that's filled up, then, you know, it's, you know, there was high demand. Like people wanted to go no matter what, if they would sit there. So uh, last, last guy that I want to bring up on offense, Denzel Mims, baby, the breakout, the breakout game for Denzel Mims, two years in the making. Finally. I mean, let's count the preseason game, but Denzel finally getting, finally getting some reps and, and he did some work with him. You know, I think you, do you think that was, do you think they rewarded him because he had the block on the Brees play? Or do you think this is a more just that they weren't playing Elijah? But he made the most of his opportunity today. I wish he scored on that play, though. He did get caught from behind. But overall, I thought I thought Mims, Mims looked pretty good. I mean, you have to go back and watch Coach's film, see how he looked on on some routes. But I, I was watching him a little bit. And I was like, you know, Mims, his route running looks a lot. But he had a few releases where I was like, all right, he looks a little different than he did last year. I'll put it that way. He looks faster. He looks springier, like more into the game. His body language is better. His his releases look good. His footwork looked better. What did you think of, of Mims's performance? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely thought with Corey Davis missing the game, he would be the guy to step up because he's the only one who could replicate that blocking. Um, and uh, to be honest, I didn't really pay attention to his run blocking. We're going to have to rewatch that. Yeah. Um, but um, but in the passing game, he had that great diving catch, which that's another Wilson throw that wasn't really ideal. Uh, Mims makes a great catch. Um, and then obviously the catch and run was a showcase of some of his speed. Um, so yeah, it was, it's, it's kind of reminded me of the, of, the, of the Panthers game last year where, you know, the Jets were down by two scores and then Mims makes a random explosive play. to Yeah, but he had a few plays, didn't he? Uh, what, in this game? Yeah, the, was it was it just the he had a few plays. Those are the two catches he had. Yeah, but he okay. Maybe I'm just I was watching his releases and stuff. Now, do you think that uh, do you think they would do you think they'll trade him? Maybe because that was the other thought of like, oh, well, he's playing a lot. I wonder. It's like, hey, trade that lens Tuesday. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe he does. I don't think so because I think he's Corey would, Davis's primary backup. Yeah, and with the whole Elijah situation, probably not. But hey, he had a nice, nice game. If somebody threw in a, a fourth or something for him, maybe they would do it. Um. I guess that's all to talk about on the offense. Let's talk about the defense. Who came to play? I mean, look, when Nathan Shepard's getting sacks, you know, you know that it's going to be a good day for the defense. I haven't really, you haven't talked too much about the defense. Just what were your, what were your thoughts on, on their performance? I mean, they looked angry. They played angry. They played fast. They they looked like the same defense since Miami. I mean, the last four weeks, this defense has carried them. Um, another good game from sauce. I don't think that there'll be any rookie of the week belts heading to, to Florham park this week, but you know, well, actually, Garrett, Garrett Wilson's going to be on the ballot. You think so? You think we'll? I, yeah. uh, I don't know. We'll see about that one. I don't but, think uh, fans are going to be as motivated this week. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think fans are going to try to reward a team with another belt. But uh, yeah, what do you think of how the defense played today? 
No, they were great. I mean, there there were times where it wasn't completely sharp, especially in the first half. A third down was a huge problem, but ultimately they continued to hold up in the red zone. I mean, you, you go through the drives in this game, and there are really only two where the defense really got beat to give up points. There was the field goal drive, uh, the Patriots' second drive of the game, 15 plays, 62 yards. Um, but again, you hold up and give up a field goal. You take that every single time. Um, and then there was the opening drive of the second half, which obviously was rough. But other than that, every single scoring drive they gave up was, you know, off something that put them in a bad spot. I mean, here, here are the yardage totals on the field goals they gave up. 16 yards. Uh, other than the this is other than the uh, first one that I mentioned. But after that, the field goal drive lengths were 16 yards, 34 yards, zero yards and four yards. So all of those were because of something else that put them in that spot. So they really only gave up 10 points. So it was another great performance. They had zero help from the special teams in the offense, um, specifically the quarterback putting throwing the interceptions. But um, yeah, they got no help, but they continued to hold up in some tough spots. Yeah. How about, how about Mosley's Bane entrance? Yeah, that was awesome. That, was that got cool. me hyped. I thought they were going to win at that point. <laughs> I felt really confident, honestly, all week, pregame warm-ups, watching them. It was just like the way this team talked about this game and the defense rose to the occasion. The team you know? showed up. The team really That's true. That, that's the, that's the t- I mean, <laughs> I promise there'd be no glass half full takes, but here's one. Yeah, the, the team showed up. The quarterback did. I mean, that's, that's what you take away from this, is this is still a good football team. The Jets are a team that we look around the AFC. How many other teams are better than the Jets? Not many. I'm talking teams quarterbacks a lot <laughs> but teams defenses not many the way this defense is playing the way things are clicking they're communicating they've got the system down they have teeth they get after it i mean they make big plays in big moments i literally said right after the uh uh the exact interception i was like this defense is gonna make their they're gonna take it right back and then they did and then i got called back but i was like just they make big plays in big spots this defense you know has something about him. So credit to Jeff Over, credit to Robert Sala for, for what they've done with this unit. Um, but man, it's just it's just a bummer to have your quarterback cost you that game against the Pats and just going to another game. Another big – I mean, at least they won the Dolphins game because if they lost that game, it was like – it just seems like there's been way too many big hyped-up games. The fans finally show up, and then the team lays a dud. So at least they, they came out for the Dolphins game, and this team showed up tonight, you know, this afternoon. Um, but Zach didn't. In the second half, at least. And another thing on the defense, I really think this one was all about the coverage. Like, the pass rush yeah. was good, and look, they got six sacks. But how many of those sacks took, like, five-plus seconds to get? Not five Mo- seconds, but yeah four or five seconds at least most of them were coverage sacks yes agreed and that's not to discredit the guys who made them but the coverage was creating most of those there was really nothing down the field i don't think the pass rush was it was good but when the patriots were converting some of those third downs it was mostly because the pass rush was giving giving them a a plenty of time for someone to get open Uh, so it was a little up and down for the pass rush i but the coverage i think was elite in this game yeah, absolutely. I mean, Sauce Gardner is just the coolest player. <laughs> the coolest player the Jets could have ever added this offseason. What a, I mean, what a get he's been. 
And if we want, if we want to have some positives to talk about, I know he didn't have like his biggest game, but that's maybe a good thing from a corner. That tackle honestly might have been one of his most one of his most impactful. If, because like what I'm saying about the coverage, I think yeah. when we go back and rewatch it, we're gonna, be gonna like, see a lot of sauce. He's the, he's the guy who had three sacks in this game. Yeah, you know, and and that tackle he made one on one in open field that was a screen. Fantastic play. That's that's a ninety yard that touchdown too, because you know that that's probably one of his or. You know, maybe his primary weakness coming out of college, and it's something he struggled with a little bit this year is missing tackles. So to make plays like that, see him putting it all together is a great sign. All right, is there anything else you want to talk about? I know it's it's been a long day, Michael. You've you've been up for nearly twenty four hours at this point. I mean, close twenty hours. Um, is there anything else we want we want to get off our chest right now? I mean, we'll, we will have another podcast, a big podcast on Friday, recapping this game to watch the coaches' film. The trade de- deadline will happen. We'll see. Douglas has made a trade at every trade deadline, including this one with the James Robinson deal, but we'll see if he makes another one. You know, Bryce Hall, another game inactive. You have to throw Mims in there. And Elijah Moore, those are the three guys to watch. Maybe Jacob Martin is another guy to watch. Um, so who knows? I could see the Jets making a, a move. Uh, and then, then we'll be previewing the Bills game, which would be a lot more hype if they had won this game to be 6-2 and two heading into that Bills game for first place in the entire AFC. But, hey, they're still five and three entering that Bills game. And as much as we're all penciling that in as a loss, this team, this defense is we're I mean, we know this is a good defense, but we're gonna find out how good, you know, based off how they play Buffalo, which just no no defense has been able to figure out. But I'm not just counting the Jets out of next week. I'm not gonna I'm not predicting a win. We'll come out right now and say it, especially with how the quarterback's playing, but they have a real opportunity to go into the bye with with even better vibes. You know, if they can beat the Bills and go into their bye, everybody will forget about this game. But as of right now, you're looking at a team that is probably five and four entering the bye, which is again, you take it on the outset of the season, but it's always hard to feel good after a loss, and especially a loss like this, a game you should have won with better quarterback play, a game against this stupid franchise. And you know, that's owned you for the better part of two decades, but they get another shot of them after the buy. And so I'm very excited for that game. Um, I guess that's it, Michael. Uh, I'll do the plugs. If you have anything else, you can add them afterwards, but follow us to TYJ pop, follow Michael, Michael. Well, before you said all that, you asked me if I had any extra thoughts and then yeah. you just kind of kept going. And then I said, you didn't yeah, really open said, the window. I said, well, okay. So I said, I'll do the plugs. If you have extra thoughts, you can say them after, but okay. We want to talk. Well, first about? of all, I want to shout out Michael Clemens because on that punt return, he had an amazing hustle stop coming from very far away to chase that down and prevent the touchdown. On what so, play? Uh, the punt return that the Patriots had. What what part of the game was that? It was later in the game. They had a big punt return. You don't remember that? It's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm trying to picture it. I'm trying to picture it. Hold on. It'll come back. Yeah, there was no Batman. If they had kept uh, – if they had won this game, it might have been a Batman pod. Although I have trans, you know, I, I realized that, hey, I probably shouldn't drop my voice again. Because I, I was, it was honestly five minutes into the game, I was like, oh, my voice is already a little hoarse. Um, then I just started clapping like Jason Garrett. I got a loud clap, man. I was doing work. I mean, my mom had to switch seats because I was, you know, breaking her eardrums from clapping so loud. So I was doing my part. You know, I got some artificial sound makers here for hands. But uh, yeah, I like to smack the seat in front of me yes, when it's open. Yeah, that's you can show the drumming skills. It doesn't really hurt your hand as much as you think it does. Because I remember the Titans game last year, I was doing it a lot because there was not a lot of people there. So the row in front of me was empty. 
Um, and I was like, man, my hand's going to hurt tomorrow. But then it didn't. Or maybe I just had strong hands. I don't know. Okay. We're getting off topic. <laughs> That's not what I meant by any other thoughts. Follow Michael at Michael underscore Nania for more. Hey, I, I have more to say. Well, then fucking say it. <laughs> I just want oh. to say. I just want to say Mac Jones is the perfect successor to Brady. He's just such a hateable quarterback. Oh God, I know. Just I his know. dumb face <laughs> and his dirty plays. The play with DD. Uh, what was? What am I saying? DJ Reed. DD um, Reed. Uh, I don't know where I got that from. But DJ Reed, um, where Jones is like he's scrambling out of bounds and he like purposely stops to try to draw a hit and then Reed smacks him. He's like, oh, where's my flag? That was a perfectly clean hit. He was still in bounds. I love yeah. the shot, but Mac Jones just doing what he does. Well, and they had the ball. We were all going to talk about the JFM ref in the passer, but there was a bullshit one on that drive right before that. Because right. I was, yeah. you could argue the DJ Reed one was maybe unnecessary roughness, but there was, I'm trying to remember who got it before. Was it, was it Rankins? Who was that against? I forget who that was on. I I totally remember that. It was earlier you know, in the game, but it was like it was like horseshit. It might have been was it Mosley? I think it was Mosley because he was running and then he ducked his head straight down. They didn't go hell with the helmet and they called him. Oh yeah, I think, that's, I think it was yeah, Mosley. that's what it was. And it was frustrating it was when he was running on them early in the game. Yeah, but, he was getting a lot of, but and ultimately it was really no harm, no foul. Again, no, the defense really only gave up 10 no, he's points a, in this game. Yeah, I mean, look, Pats fans can talk all the shit they want about Zach Wilson, but Mac Jones is not it. So that is not a, that is not a talented football team. Let's just be good. honest. Not a talented football team. And have fun with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinators. He should have had three picks too. You know, he had the one real one plus the pick six plus Mosley dropped an interception. Yeah, so. that's true. Hey, the, the only thing and there was a strip sack that he was lucky that the Jets yes, that's true. I'm just excited. I'm happy that they play these guys again because they'll have the whole buy to think about that that this past game. They have a whole two weeks to think about going into July. And as as much as I I desperately need at some point in my life to be in the stadium for a Jets Pats game and and watch the Jets beat the shit out of the Patriots, it will be very delicious for the Jets to go into Gillette in front of all their home fans and beat the crap out of that team. So that would feel great. So they get another opportunity. We'll see what happens. I think the, uh, here's some glass half full. This team is five and three, you know, still a good football team. They're still alive. The goal for the season was to be playing meaningful football games late into the season. And they'll be doing that. So, you know, the quarterback situation that's up in the air. He is fun to watch. (laughs) Just doesn't mean it's always good, but he's at least interesting to watch, but interesting. Not Yeah. Well, fun. I mean, he like somebody said he's like Patrick Mahomes playing blackout drunk, which is pretty accurate so far. Um, but you know, that leash, I don't know how long it is, but I there is definitely a leash. This is not a this is you they've won enough games where they've bought themselves time to to figure out what they're gonna do to rebound from losing AVT and Breeze, but they've won enough games too where you you can't be in evaluation mode with Zach. You just can't. So I do wonder if if at some point this season we see Mike White. Moving into QB2 is quite interesting. You really have to wonder what went into that decision, you know? So we'll see. All right, Michael. I guess we're done. Follow Michael at Michael underscore Nanny on Twitter. Myself, Ben W. Blessington. Podcast, which is basically my actual Twitter, at CYJPod. Uh, go to JetsXFactor.com. Best place to go for Jets content. Subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Helps out the pod a lot. I think that's it, Michael.
All right. Now, any last thoughts? How'd you think the uh, the black helmets and uniforms looked? To, to be honest, in person, the black helmets didn't stand out much to me. Oh, I like them. Come on. But um, on, when you look at it on, on TV and on video, it definitely stands out. But just in person, I don't know, it didn't really stand out because it just kind of blends in. But, but All right, enough of that. When, when you're looking at it on the, the broadcast, it looks good. I know there was one more point and one more thing I wanted to say, but I'm it's it's gonna it's gonna kill me. We're gonna get off this podcast. I'm gonna remember it. All right, whatever. I guess we'll go. Do do we have do we have any last last thoughts outside of the uniforms? Not to drag this out any longer. Um, I'm honestly stalling to think of what I was gonna say, but whatever. I guess we'll get out of here. No, I mean five and three. Not not the worst place to be. <laughs> five and three, baby. Five and three. All right. Well, we've we've been spoiled the last four weeks to have four straight victory Mondays and a whole week of of taking in a Jets win. But back to familiar territory, I guess, with the loss. But it is it does feel better when you you're still above five hundred. You can lose a game and still be two games above five hundred. Still feels pretty good. So got an interesting week ahead of us with the trade deadline. But we'll be back on Friday previewing that Bills game. Certainly a big game. Regardless, we'll learn a lot about this Jets team next Sunday. But you have to like where they'll be at at the bye regardless. You have to be questioning where they're at with Zach Wilson, but you have to like as a whole where this team is under Robert Sala. You know, what, how many games is he into his uh, Jets coaching career? Do the math for me. 25. 25 games into his Jets career. You have to be kind of, you have to be pretty happy with, with Rob, Robert. I feel Sala's like he's the are. guy. I think yes. we're, I, there's a good chance he's. Well, the it's guy. too early to say that, but it's, you have to like. Who he's he's a guy. Maybe not the guy. He is a a person who is coaching the Jets. He's definitely a person. I think, yeah. Outside of the quarterback, you have to be, feel very good about where this team is at. Even Albrecht might be a guy. Like we all hated him, but he's kind of making us eat our words. I do wonder how much is Albrecht and how much is Sala, but I guess that's not fair. That's not fair. I guess we'll give it to Albrecht. No, Sala's done a, a great job, and look, these guys play hard. They they. They even even as bad as the end of that half in the third quarter to go for the Jets, I was still saying, "Hey, it's a fourth quarter team, and the Jets had plenty of opportunities." All right, let's get out of here. Everybody enjoy the week. Go Jets.